Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the worst parts about living in Atlanta for the 10 years we were there is two things, really. Number one, the worst thing about Atlanta is the traffic, by far. The second worst thing about Atlanta is the road names. Like, there are a lot of weird names. And like a lot of the South, Georgia has this bad habit of naming roads for where they go which is great because if you're in Atlanta and you want to go to Lawrenceville, you just go to Lawrenceville Highway. But once you get to Lawrenceville, the road changes. It becomes something else. Most of the time, it becomes some sort of derivation of peach tree. There are like a million peach trees in the city of Atlanta or the, the I don't know, the 12 counties that now make up the metroplex of Atlanta. You've got peach tree, which is 50 miles long. It goes from South Atlanta all the way to North Atlanta. But then every little town around there also has their own peach tree and their peach tree corner and peach tree Avenue and peach tree road and just peach tree. After I'd lived there for about five or six years, anytime I ran into a, a visitor to town who wanted directions to something, I was always like, it's just, it's a little farther up, just off of peach tree. You can't miss it. Probably wasn't very nice, but it was easy. The reason for this is that Georgia likes to call themselves the peach state, which is great considering South Carolina grows more peaches than Georgia does, but they like to be the peach state, so we let them have it. We'll ignore the fact that California grows more peaches than Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina combined. All three of those states consider themselves peach states. California is the one that grows the most of the peaches, but they're the avocado state. But it's California. Who knows what they're thinking? Most of the states have got some sort of fruit established within their community when you think of it. When you think of Washington, you think of what? Apples. If you think of Florida, you think of oranges. If you think of Arkansas, you think of Cynthia grapes, of course. Everybody thinks of Cynthia Grapes when it comes to Arkansas. That is Arkansas's state fruit. We'll ignore the fact that most of those Cynthia Grapes are grown in Missouri. But most states have a, an official fruit. Sometimes they make sense. Sometimes they don't. They range from pears to blueberries, from tomatoes to even chokeberries. And just as each of our states are known or maybe not known for their fruit. The kingdom of God is also recognized by its fruit. The people of God are recognized by their fruit, by the works of their hands, the words of their mouths, the mercy of their heart. Fruit is given unto the kingdom. And thereby God is recognized and our Father in heaven is glorified. And this emphasis on fruit cannot be overestimated, especially considering the vineyard's already been taken away from one people and given to others. This is what our New Testament lesson is about. A master planted a vineyard and he put up a fence he dug a wine press, he dug a tower, he leased it to tenants, and when the harvest came, he sent his servants to look for fruit. They beat one servant, 
They threw him out of the vineyard. They stoned another. They killed another. At length, the landowner, the owner of the vineyard, thought unto himself, I'll send my son. Certainly they'll respect my son. The tenants looked at the son and went, hey, this is the heir. Let's kill him and take what is his. Make it our own. And so they threw him out of the vineyard and they killed him. Jesus asked the Pharisees, what should the landowner do to these wicked tenants? And they answered him truthfully, he will slay them. He will put those miserable wretches to death. And he'll give his vineyard to somebody else. The chief priest in the parables after a time realized that Jesus had told this parable about them. And they were right. The chief priest and the Pharisees had not been producing kingdom fruit. And now the very son of God had come into their presence. And they're going to throw him out of the vineyard. And they are going to kill him and they will be held responsible for his death. But they're doing nothing more than following the pattern of their forefathers who had rejected the prophets and had rejected the mission and the method and the works of God for decades, if not centuries. The result of their action was clearly stated and emphasized by Jesus. I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and it will be given to others. Those words of rejection spoken to those who denied Jesus also carry special emphasis for us. This message is just as strong for us. Simply stated, the kingdom of God will be given unto a people who produce fruit in due season. Production, usefulness is expected of the people of God. Through word and sacrament, by the grace of God, we have been made a new people. And we did not earn this. We did not deserve this. We didn't create this for ourselves. We have been placed into this honored position as children of God. As scripture declares that when we were yet enemies unto God. While we were still enemies of God, God chose to reconcile us unto himself. Romans 5, through the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we receive the reconciliation through the forgiveness of sins. By the waters of baptism, our sins have been washed away. Faith has been granted and given unto us. And by faith, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And by faith, we believe that we are tenants in the Lord God's kingdom. And by faith, we say that we will bear fruit. According to the words of the apostles, Paul, likewise, brothers, you have also died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. Romans 7, 4. Do not doubt me. Being people of the kingdom is a gift. 
And it's a great gift that God has given unto us. But let's make Jesus' words equally clear. The kingdom of God is given unto you. But at the same time, be equally understanding that production of fruit in the kingdom is an expectation of people who have been given the vineyard. Jesus taught us the master will let out the vineyard to other tenants who will bear fruit. This is not a new expectation. Isaiah chapter 5, Isaiah says the same thing to the nation of Israel. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it, he cleared it of stones, he planted it with the choicest of vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it. He hewed out a wine vat and he looked for it to yield grapes, but it only yielded wild grapes. The Lord God Almighty expects a harvest. John the Baptist was equally clear. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. As people of this kingdom, we are in a new state. It's not a state of a union. It is a state of righteousness. And in this new state, we are expected to lead sanctified lives. We're expected to bear fruit from the kingdom. To recognize its fruits of righteousness, namely repentance and faith and acts of mercy, the making of disciples and acts of charity. This is how the world sees us. The way it ought to see us anyways. The fact that the world doesn't see us in this light tells us that we may not be doing a very good job. We may not be bearing very good fruit. As people of the kingdom of God, God graciously nurtures us. He gives us generously everything we need to support this body and life. And nothing that we have is ours. Everything that we have is his. We say this over and over in the creeds and in our, in our teachings that God has graciously given us everything we need to support this body and life. So why do we clutch at it like it's somehow ours? Like the things that God has given us, he can't replace if we give them away. He has called us by the gospel. He has enlightened us with his gifts. He has connected us into Jesus through word and sacrament. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him and he will bear much fruit. I chose you. I appointed you that you should go forth and bear fruit. He empowers us through word and sacrament for this very purpose. By being nurtured by God that we can walk in a manner worthy of our Lord. Fully pleasing unto him, bearing fruit in every kind of good work. God has been abundantly generous unto us, his people. We lack nothing for work in his kingdom. And yet we often find ourselves making excuses instead of producing fruit. We often fall into the trap as the original tenants of the parable did. We believe that everything we have is ours. We believe that everything we have we've earned with the sweat of our brow, with the work of our own hands, And that we better hold on to what little resources we have because they will be quickly taken away from us and there's no way to recover them. He 
You have the warning of what happens to those who do not respond in generosity. Those who reject his word, who reject his son, who refuse to bear the fruit that has been planted before them. The kingdom will be taken away. Therefore, with repentant hearts and forgiven lives, we'll do well to heed the words of Colossians chapter 3 verse 17. Whatever you do in word and in deed, do it. For the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ and give thanks unto God the Father through him for all things. For those whom the kingdom has been given, it is fruit production season. And the world needs to hear about this good news of Jesus. The world needs to hear about acts of mercy and, 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 and kindness and prayer more than it ever has before. This is what kingdom people do. By God's grace, this is what the, the women of the Lutheran Church and the LWML has been doing all along. It's well known for its emphasis on fruit production is expressed in its pledge. In fervent gratitude for the Savior's dying love and his blood-bought gift of redemption, we dedicate ourselves with all that we are and have in the obedient call for workers in the harvest field, and we pledge him our willing service wherever and whenever he has need of us. We consecrate to our Savior our hands to work for him, our feet to go on his errands, our voice to sing his praises, our lips to proclaim his redeeming love, our silver and our gold to extend his kingdom, our will to do his will, and every power of our life to the great task of bringing the lost and the erring into eternal fellowship with him. Amen. Our churches and our communities in the world through these Lutheran women in mission. We know, and they are known for the gathering of mites for mission grants in our own districts and global work, hands-on labor to expand the mission of the congregation and in the community and around the world. In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he says, every healthy tree bears good fruit. As followers of Jesus Christ, God makes us healthy. He makes us healthy in Christ Jesus. We are in a right state, namely the state as heirs of the kingdom of God. We are in the right season of producing fruit. And so people of God produce good fruit. Produce the fruit that's due in the season and bear forth the fruits of repentance, the works of faith, acts of mercy and charity. Go and make disciples. Be hospitable. God-fearing. Pleasing unto our Lord. May the kingdom of God be recognized in you. And in your works. And in your ways. To God be the glory. Amen.